0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
4: Hey, welcome everyone to today's program at Calvary Live. So glad that you can join us. And my name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado with you on this Monday afternoon. Those of you who are listening on Grace FM along the front range of Colorado into southern Wyoming, You're listening live on this Monday afternoon. Maybe perhaps you got the day off. It's a holiday, and uh, maybe uh, you are able to relax a little bit. But many people are also working today. So wherever you're at, we'd love to talk to you. This is the call-in show where you get to call, and we have a conversation, answer your questions, and you can give your prayer requests as well. And we want to take you to the Word of God. We want to uh, just give you truth. We want to encourage you. And uh, so let's have that conversation. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Got all open lines. As I always encourage you, grab one of those open lines early in the show because they can the lines can tend to fill up. And uh, so would love to talk to you. This is really your show. This is the hour. Uh, as you have opportunity to be able to call in at that number that I just gave to you, 303 We're so blessed because we get to listen to great teaching all day long on, on Grace FM, uh, some of the best teachers that I believe that are in the church teaching today. Uh, there are many pastors committed to the Word of God, but uh, these on Grace FM, I'm just so grateful for them to be able to be encouraged and learn from them. The verse-by-verse teaching uh, that is done Uh, and we are blessed. But this is an hour where maybe you heard a teaching or maybe uh, you went to church or maybe a Bible study that you got a question or your own devotion. You just need some clarity and understanding, and I will do my best to be able to do that for you. also want to welcome all those who are listening on another radio network, such as Hope FM, on the East Coast, Truth FM, Uh, those who are listening uh, throughout really... Uh, a lot of the country on Freedom Radio Network. Uh, you, too, can call in at that number, 303 690 You are a week delayed as you are listening to Calvary Live. In other words, um, there's a week delay in the programming, but you can call. Today we will have our conversation, and then next week it will air on Hope and Truth and Freedom Radio Network and any other radio station that has picked up Calvary Live, and uh, you can listen, and it is a tremendous blessing. So glad that so many people around the country have have joined us and and able to listen. So wherever you're at, um, in the South or uh, on the East Coast or on the West Coast, or if you're listening on live, of course, uh, online listeners are listening live today uh, on their maybe perhaps uh, smartphones or uh, tablets, the app, the Grace FM app or the Grace FM website, uh, we welcome you to call. 303 690 3000 is the call in number. And then there's another way for you to be able to ask a question or give a prayer request, and that is a dedicated text line. It is for texting only. Be safe, 720 336. Zero eight nine seven seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. So let's see what the Lord has for us in this hour. We got an open line. Grab one of those open lines. In the meantime, let's go to Debbie in Tennessee. Debbie?
2: Yes, sir.
4: You're on How Calvary you? Live. Thank you. I'm good. Thank you for calling us.
2: Um, I really don't have a question. I just want to let you know that I am enjoying your show. I was a little bummed when Pastor's perspective where you took uh-huh. their place, but um, right. I'm really enjoying this show now. And I wanted to let Good. you know we're listening in. Good. Central Southern Tennessee.
4: Okay, great. You know, I have uh, Leoma, Tennessee, uh-huh. and. Earlier in the month, I was taking my daughter down. She graduated here in Colorado in piano piano performance at University of Northern Colorado. So she's continuing her post-grad studies at Full Sail in Orlando. So I drove her and her cat uh, to Orlando, and we passed through Tennessee. And it's the first time I've been through Tennessee. It was beautiful. And um, so I'm so glad that you called telling us that you're listening you know, just pass the word around. Uh, the audience is growing. We want to bless people uh, with answering their questions. and But also, it's an extension of the pulpit to be able to just encourage people and to pray with people as well. But I really appreciate the feedback.
2: Well, you're certainly welcome. We, we yeah. enjoy it.
4: Good. Well, if you got a question or you need prayer, you be sure to call me back, okay?
2: All right. Thanks, my brother.
4: All right. Thanks, Debbie. Bless you guys in Tennessee. So glad that you guys are listening there. And uh, again, that people are enjoying the show. 303-690-3000. When somebody hangs up, you know there's an open line. And we had full lines, but I I believe as Debbie hung up, there's an open line. So grab one of those open lines. Again, appreciate the encouragement. So glad to be a part of people's lives uh, you know, all over the country. I, I, I'm i humbled by it. And uh, just the Lord would open up those doors and uh, for us to be able to minister. So 303-690-3000, keep those calls coming for prayer requests and for your questions. And then also the text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Judah in Denver. Hi, Judah.
2: Hi, Pastor. I'm calling today with a prayer request okay uh, one of the brothers in my men's group's um, work colleague was in a bad uh, motor vehicle accident and she's been in the ICU and the outlook is not
3: positive right now and I was okay. hoping that you and myself and the listeners could all pray for her to recover and yeah, that yeah. Uh, the Lord will remember
4: her. Okay, absolutely. And um, so, Father, as we come, Judith, you know, is, is on his heart and others, uh, this men's group, uh, as, as one of them knows somebody, and, and she was hurt very seriously in, in a accident. So you know the circumstances. You know who she is. So we lift her up to you right now and present her to you, For you to touch and heal uh, all the injuries, be with the uh, medical team that is responding to her, ministering to her. Lord, we pray for recovery. We pray for wisdom on the medical team, but Lord, we pray for your touch. And Lord, that um, they would see you be merciful and gracious and bringing her to healing and to being restored her body. So you know the extent of the injuries and all that's going on. I just pray for her, her family, um, anyone that is there, that, Lord, that there would be a drawing close to you. And, Lord, um, that uh, the Christians and, and this brother in their group would be able to minister to everyone involved. Lord, we just we just pray for your working, and we just pray for your comfort, your strength, your healing to be upon her and uh, all those who are watching and care for her. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Thank you so much, uh, Pastor and listeners who prayed.
4: Yeah, absolutely, Judah. God bless you. We'll keep praying, okay? Thank you. You know, one of the things that reminds me is Judah prays for, you know, somebody that had a bad accident. One of the things that, over the last couple of weeks, we've had so many people that have been in a hospital for different reasons, not all for COVID, some for COVID, um, some for um, other sicknesses or, or perhaps accidents that have happened here in the fellowship. And And I just want to say, those of you who work in the medical field, we are so grateful for you. And I know that you guys have been on the front lines in something that's been very difficult uh, for the last year and a half but you do so much not just for COVID patients i know the hospitals have been full with uh, those in icu and um but i think about my own family member that uh, out in california uh, that is in icu and um the incredible work that the medical staff has done uh in saving his life and and we know that it's the lord's his mercy and his grace but he uses them in a powerful way. So those of you in the medical field, um, I just uh, thank you. I just thank you for your service. And I know it's a tiring time. It's a very challenging time. And uh, and we just are praying for you for strength and, and for, uh, you know, all those, the first responders, those who are serving us in our communities. And I hope that we as Christians remember they need our support. They need our prayers. And, um, and uh, they need a word of encouragement. They really do. And so thank you. Um, thank you, first responders. Thank you, those who are in the medical field. Those of you who are teachers, it hasn't been easy. Uh, I'm so thankful for Christian teachers that are in the schools being light. And um, it, it's just hard days for all of us that are out there. Um, so we just want to shout that out to everyone who's involved in serving others. Hey, we got, um, I believe, a couple open lines, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, um, 720-336-0897 is the text line. We got one open line, so grab one of those open lines. Let's see where I'm at. Let's go to Phil in Aurora. Phil? Hi. How are you Welcome today? to the program. I am good. How are you today?
3: Not bad. Um... My my question was about uh, Matthew uh, seven chapter seven verse one, um, the judge not, lest ye be judged. Um, verse, uh, people you know will kind of use that like if you're trying to evangelize or something they'll use that to like mind your own business kind of verse you know like <laughs> don't bother me. Um, yeah, and so I was just one, kind of wanted to know what the correct interpretation of that. Versus. Yeah,
4: and and I think you're asking a very good question because <clears throat> sometimes we'll, especially when we want to bring correction to somebody, um, they'll say, "Hey, man, don't judge me." Doesn't your Bible say, "Judge not, lest you be judged"? And we may be doing it very uh, with sensitivity, with love and caring. That hey, you know what you're doing is sin. What you're doing is wrong. And even Christians we'll throw out that verse. Hey Jesus said, don't judge me, man, you're judging me. But as Jesus said that, he the word judge here has the meaning of condemnation. The word, we're not judging to condemn people, but we are judging to identify. In other words, as you continue in the chapter here, you see that Jesus is telling us that we need to make some judgment calls. Um he says that you know First of all, um, you know, beware of false prophets in verse 15. Well, to beware of false prophets, you got to make a judgment call, don't you? He talks about knowing a tree by its fruit that takes judgment. Uh, and so we are going to judge for identification, and we need to judge and be discerning in the days in which we're living in, uh, because there are those things that will deceive us. There are things that are wrong. So when he says "Judge not, lest you be judged," he's talking about the condemnation, you know, that condemning. But we do judge um, to have discernment, to have wisdom. Uh, he says, "Don't cast your pearls before swine." Well, that takes a judgment call. We as parents that we have to be discerning when it comes to our kids. Our kids come home, they say, "Hey, can I go to this place? Can I hang out at this place?" And there are times we have to say no because it's not good for you. You're going to get in trouble. You shouldn't you know, be going there. You shouldn't be involved in that. You shouldn't watch that movie. So we're constantly making judgment calls and being discerning. And we do that because we want what's best for that person that we're talking to or for our children. We don't want them to be harmed. We don't want them to go into a place of danger. We don't want them to you know, uh, be fooled or anything like that so we do make judgment calls but here he's talking about the condemnation and he goes on to say that as he says make sure that you're just not condemning others where you're pointing out a speck in their eye and yet you got a log in your eye you know you have uh, those things that um that are very obvious but yet you're going to nitpick me and point out this speck so jesus there's a context behind this and um so but we do judge and any time that we do judge that is for identification and bringing correction and bringing um you know um you know that rebuke and we are told in scripture to do that aren't we we're told to correct we're told to rebuke we do it out of love we speak the truth in love but it's always for the benefit of that person it's always because we care for that person, because we want them to turn away from that sin. We want them to turn away from that carnality that's just going to hurt them. We know it's a loving father that says, "Don't get involved in sin." And I think that we live in a day where you know um, it's it's you know really uh, put on us to not say anything. Well, if I see somebody who's in sin, it's love to to correct them, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah, it is. So so we do that because we do speak the truth in love and we care for people.
3: So would you say it's just it's basically not being overly um condemning or like assuming the worst about somebody like presumptuously?
4: Well, you know, the enemy condemns us. You know, he's the accuser of the brethren who accuses us day and night. And you can always tell when the enemy is condemning. It just or if somebody's being condemning you kind of go away from the conversation saying, Yuck, what was that all about? There's a difference between conviction that the Holy Spirit brings and condemnation that the enemy brings. The conviction is always to draw people to the Lord. It it comes from the Holy Spirit, it comes from the Word of God. Condemnation pushes people away from the Lord. And if we're ever speaking in a way we're judging, where we're just condemning people, we're just pushing them away from the Lord. You're no good. You're a spiritual waste. God doesn't love you. You know, you're you're not a good Christian, good enough Christian, and just in a condemning kind of way um, that brings confusion and it just tears people down. Then that's condemning and judging in a way that's not pleasing to the Lord. But when we do it in a way that says, you know what, the Lord desires for you to turn to Him, repent from this, turn to Him. You know, to bring that loving correction. And there is a big difference, isn't it? You know, when we do that. And I think people, they may not like it, but they may not like it because they're being convicted. Um, but when we bring the condemnation to push people away from the Lord, you know, in a way um, that is harsh and uh, just difficult and um, mean, um, then that's judging in a way that's, you know, the Lord doesn't desire for us to be that way.
3: Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I've, I've sharing with my, my grandma who's 86, um, this weekend and trying to start a conversation and asking if I could, if we could talk about spiritual things, you know, and she kind of shut it down pretty quick. And, uh, so anyway, I was going to ask if you could, um, pray for me in, in that regard, um, and wisdom and how to proceed. You know, I was thinking about maybe sharing the, asking her if she would read. Uh, on her own, uh, Luke sixteen, yeah. nineteen through 31, the rich man, Lazarus. And just, yeah. cause it gives kind of a window into the afterlife. Maybe I could just say something that would spur her, you know, Hey, this talks about where it happens after you die, you know, and, and maybe she'd yeah, be get her interested in it, you know, and reading well, it.
4: Love to pr- yeah, pray for you, Phil. And God yeah. bless you for sharing with your, you know, your grandmother in the elderly age and just, just keep bringing the love of Jesus to to her and you know again uh, i think a lot of us listening out there have got loved ones that we want to minister to and um just keep praying that god will open their hearts open their eyes and, you know and to the lord and it's the work of the spirit and keep giving them the love of jesus christ the provision of jesus christ and even if she's able to read and she's willing to read some of John's gospel where Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. You know, I'm the resurrection and the life. Just those incredible claims of Jesus. And, uh, and you know, that might be a benefit, too. And then the text that you told her to read. But keep sharing with her and just um, keep praying. And, Father, we do pray. We pray for for Phil. We pray that, um, that as he's desiring to share truth with his grandmother, the gospel, the good news, that she would open her heart, soften her heart, open up her ears to hear. You would take the blindfold off because we know the enemy blinds those who are not saved. And and I just pray that you would, Lord, uh, bring her to salvation. Give Phil the right words um, to minister to her. And Lord, there's power in the gospel. There's power in the word of God. It's the power to save um, the gospel of Christ for anyone who believes. So I just pray that you would do that work. And I just pray that you would, um, bring her to you and opening up her heart to the gospel in Jesus name. Amen.
3: Amen. Thank you very much.
4: You bet. You bet. God bless you. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it, Phil. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things in talking to Phil is, you know, we are to give truth to others. And, um, we are to do it in a way, speak the truth in love, and Jesus was full of grace and truth. And I think that's an important, he was the perfect combination of grace and truth. Have you ever noticed that it was the sinners and the common people, as Mark's gospel says, that hurt him gladly? It was the religious leaders that were condemning. They came in to condemn Jesus. They they were harsh on the people, and We know that Jesus was full of truth. He never compromised the truth, but he was full of grace. And when it just becomes all just truth, it can become pretty harsh um, when there's no grace with it. Uh, When it just becomes grace and there's no truth, then it becomes flaky. So, you know, he was full of truth and grace. And and, uh, it was the people that heard him and listened to him and, and his love um, was uh, established and revealed through him. And and I think it's something to pray, Lord, I do want to speak the truth and love. And I do want to bring correction and rebuke to people um, that they need it. And and we can do that in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. Hey, 303 690 is the calling number to text line 720 897 Really been appreciating all the calls that are coming in. Let's go to Nick in Crofton, Maryland. Nick, you're on the program.
2: Yes, sir. Hi, Pastor. Um, Thanks for uh, calling. I'm, uh, you're welcome. Thank you for the call. Taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know you're doing well. I just heard you were, and I am too, so we'll just kind of jump into it. Um, okay. My call is is about the Holy Spirit um, specific in, in a specific arena. Um, I know once we... Receive Christ, there's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And in referring back to the Old Testament, there seemed to be uh, at times an anointing down upon someone of the Holy Spirit. And so my question is basically, is that same type of anointing happening today? In other words, is that something that God does to someone specifically today? for some particular reason, um, and if so, is that something that we should be praying for, either for others or for ourselves or something like that? It's, and, and I do pray for people for the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit, so it's, um, it's not more in relationship to that, because I know God moves. Otherwise, right. I wouldn't be a believer today. Uh, yeah, he draws exactly. us. We don't draw him. Um, so what are your thoughts?
4: Well, and I think it's a good question. In the Old Testament, of course, the Holy Spirit would come upon, you know, like Samson and David, and, you know, um, you see the Holy Spirit coming upon the prophets, uh, and they would anoint the priests, they would anoint the prophets, and they would anoint the king with oil. And that, of course, oil in the Old Testament was representative of the Holy Spirit. When you go to the New Testament, we know that Jesus in that upper room that he would tell the disciples the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, and that is that when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. So we know that the Holy Spirit is in the world. You can say that he's with everyone. That is in bringing conviction, convicting the world of their need for Jesus Christ. But then in Luke's Gospel, I believe it's when uh, he, after his resurrection, that he breathed, uh, on the disciples, and they received the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit was in them. And then he would say, wait for the promise of the Father um, in Jerusalem. So the day of Pentecost comes in the book of Acts, and then we see they're in the upper room. And as they're in the upper room there, um, the uh, they're praying. And he said that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And that's a different word. That is "epi" in the Greek. And you shall be my witness, um, witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the Holy Spirit is with everyone to convict them of sin. The Holy Spirit is in us, dwells in us. We know that Paul talks about the mystery that Christ in you. Uh, the New Testament is very clear. The Holy Spirit dwells in our hearts, uh, makes his home in our hearts. That's an incredible thing, that God is in our hearts. Um, but then there's the coming upon of the Holy Spirit, and we see that Jesus Jesus gives indication that the the purpose of that is to empower us to be his witnesses. So that different word, epi. And um, some call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the coming upon of the Holy Spirit. So that's what we see in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit convicting the world of sin, the Holy Spirit that is in us, the holy spirit coming upon us to empower us to be witnesses and then you you were saying that this is something that we should desire you know jesus said in the gospels that if a fa- you know a son asked for bread you know um, his father's not going to give him a stone um, and your heavenly father who is good how much more he's going to give the holy spirit to those who ask so for me to you know i know that i'm saved That i have the holy spirit but i need the power of the holy spirit um you can call it the coming upon of the holy spirit the baptism of the holy spirit whatever you want to call it but i know for me it was just a matter of praying in faith that lord i need to be empowered to be your witness now there's a lot of people that come along and say well the evidence of the coming upon of the holy spirit is speaking in tongues or whatever you know it may be but jesus said To give you the power to be my witnesses not that you're going to go out and witness you're going to be my witness not only with the words that you speak but the way you live your life because we not only speak the gospel but we also right Nick we live the gospel as well and so I need the empowering of the Holy Spirit and you see that in the book of Acts that Holy Spirit came upon or filled the disciples and it's something that I'm always just praying, Lord, and I receive it by faith. Because Jesus said, how much more will your Heavenly Father, who is good, give the Holy Spirit to those who, you know, ask? And it's like, Lord, just fill me with your Spirit. I need your power so I can be your witness. And so that's how I applied it in my life, and that's how I read it as we go through the New Testament. So then, I-
2: I'm kind of a person— um, that in the past, at least, has, you know, and, and I know this is kind of wrong at this point, you, you pray one time for something and, and with, with faith, believe, um, mm-hmm. and so, so why would you pay, pray again? So is this, um, as you have described, it something that I Hey,
4: would... you know, Nick, we're going we're gonna to go to break, you hear the music, but I want you to stay on, we'll come back on the other side, and then we'll continue the conversation. Hey, we'll be right back after break. 303-690-3000. Give me a call.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
4: Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley here in Weld County in northern Colorado. So glad to be with you on this afternoon in Colorado, this Monday. And so I pray you're doing well. We got an open line. Give me a call at 303-690-3000 as you can call in and grab one of those open lines. We got plenty of time in the show as we've entered into the second half. We've had a busy first half. So glad for that. So grateful that you guys call. And then also the text line for you to be able to text a question or give a prayer request. I do want to remind you that that is a 24-7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week prayer line that you can text in a prayer at any time. And the staff at Calvary Church in Aurora, the uh, pastors, the prayer team will take it and be praying for you. And that number is 720 336 Oh, eight nine seven, so grab that one open line. We're going to continue with their phone calls. Um, I believe it was, yeah, it was Nick, Nick, you still with us, Yes, sir, Thank you for holding. I appreciate it, but you're asking a good question, Nick, and just uh for those who perhaps just join us for the second half, we're talking about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit. And the coming upon of the Holy Spirit. And Nick, you were asking about: is it a one-time thing, or you know, can we pray for it? Um, you know, at other times as we journey through life in the Lord, am, am I kind of right on that?
1: Yes,
2: except that I, I, you know, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is a, is a to me a one-time thing. You you receive right. the the indwelling once you've yes. accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Um, yes. and repent. Um, it, it's just the anointing of the Holy Spirit, as you were speaking of earlier, for for that power of the Holy right. Spirit to work through you.
4: Yeah, to empower you to be witnesses. And, you know, some, again, like, um, you know, we give people opportunity, you know, if you're just feeling dry, there's some people, and there's different, different thoughts on this or teachings on this, You know, if somebody came up to me and say, what do you mean I need to pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon me? Don't I have the Holy Spirit? Isn't the Holy Spirit in me? I say, yes, just as you said. We become believers. The Holy Spirit dwells in in our hearts and is in us and lives in us. But, you know, I remember praying, Lord, i just feeling dry and I just feel weak. I just need your empowering to come upon me. And went up and received prayer, and we do that for people, I've, uh, over the years of ministry, but also, as I remember going through the book of Acts, you know the disciples said they were filled with the spirit, filled with the spirit. So what other terms you want to use, the coming upon of the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, I just want to continue power the Holy Spirit upon my life, so I, I can, you know, be his witness in life. And um, so for me, I'm not, you know, to me, it's not a, it's like, Lord, I, I just feel dry. Can you just come upon me and fill me? And some people, it's like uh, they believe that they come, they ask the, the coming upon the Holy Spirit, and that's all they, you know, that's all they need to do. And the Lord honors that. And I wouldn't argue with that. So, you know, the Holy Spirit, with everyone convicting with sin, dwells in our hearts, and then the empowering of the Holy Spirit coming upon us, epé in the Greek, to give us the power that that word dunamis to be His witness, and um, and I believe that as we do ask, um, that He honors that because He's a good Father that desires to give His children the Holy Spirit those who ask.
2: So then, it seems to me that it is something that we might um, at least. Um, Lend an incl- inclination to doing. I won't say on a regular basis. I don't want it to be like a. Oh, maybe it could be a habit for yeah. some people. I don't know. But but um, like the gentleman that took my call uh, said, don't be dogmatic about it, which is a very good point. Yeah. Uh, but but um, that's something that we. Sh- I should be open to praying for um, yeah. for his movement through these. To strengthen me in doing anything that I may be faced with,
4: yeah. And you know, I I see it as the Father wants to give us all that we need to, you know, He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And I need that empowering of the Holy Spirit. And you know, I believe that when I did this thirty years ago and asked, you know, the Holy Spirit to come upon me, to empower me, there wasn't the Holy Ghost goosebumps, there wasn't the speaking in tongues. I just received it in faith and. It it has helped me since that time to to serve the Lord and to be in ministry and to move forward. But I haven't been afraid over time to say, Lord, I just need a fresh filling, you know, of your spirit. And um, you know, Jesus said even, Come to me all of you who thirst, and come drink of me, and out of your innermost will flow torrents of living water. And then goes on, you know. The text tells us in John's gospel, speaking of the Holy Spirit. I just need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit at times, and and I believe He's honored it, um, and He desires to give that to me as I ask, because He is a good Father.
1: Okay.
2: That, good that's question. Well, yeah, oh, thank you. It, it it does it does answer the question for me, and it, it's kind of something I was leaning in that in, in what you have given me kind of leaning yeah. in that direction uh but just wasn't completely sure
4: yeah so he's good so thank hey, you very much appreciate your call appreciate your call one, Nick. one,
2: one, one quick uh-huh. request um uh-huh. the gentleman that takes the calls he had um he had given me a book um uh, to to look into and i don't recall the name of it is there a way to switch me back to him
4: I think what he gave you was the personality and deity of the Holy Spirit by R.A. Torrey.
2: So R.A. Torrey, that's what I needed. All right, he told me he just told me R.A. Torrey. Okay. Yeah,
4: so the and you can go to blueletterbible.org, uh, and I believe that's the source where you can see that book, okay? So the personality okay. and deity of the Holy Spirit by R.A. Torrey. Yeah. Okay?
2: All right. God bless.
4: Thank you, brother. Appreciate your call. Hey, I believe we have one open line. And so uh, give me a call. Grab one of those open lines. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. I believe uh, who we have next is Jason and Loveland, Jason, Jason, Hi, you're on Calvary sure. Live. Thanks for calling. Appreciate
1: it. Yeah, um, I just want to tell you that I really enjoyed the, the ministry. You know, it really um, it, uh, it's really played a big part of my life, and I appreciate it. Um, the question I have is about um, modern day revelations um, for given to people that are operated in the in the Holy Spirit. Um, there's this one. Um, person named Susan Davis, who I've been kind of uh, reading reading on, and um, she's given this revelation called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb, and it's basically like a last, you know, um, end times of uh, exhortation to the church, and, you know, it's, uh, everything seems, you know, it's very, very uh, biblically correct. It's She's not saying anything that's not, you know, backed up in the Bible, um, but she really gets into like uh basically saying that the you know, a lot of the church is lukewarm, they're not they're not gonna be ready for the um, the the coming of Christ for the rapture, that you know, their their lamps are not full and and basically saying that um that a lot of people are gonna be surprised, you know, um that they're not gonna be taken up. And um she kinda gets into pointing out through scripture though that, uh, you know, it's not once saved, always saved, that, that people do fall away. And, um, I was Mm -hmm. just wondering, what, what do you think about that?
4: Well, it's hard to comment without reading the books, but some of the things that you just said, um, there is some concern that is there. Um, you know, first of all, when somebody says that I have specifics about the marriage supper of the lamb, you know, or, you know, um, you know, starts making comments of who's going to be raptured and who isn't going to be raptured and the church is lukewarm and all these things. Uh, here's the thing concerning the rapture of the church. And she's making reference to the parable in Matthew chapter 25 of the wise and foolish virgins, right? And the ten maidens that were waiting for the bridegroom to come. And five of them had oil and five of them didn't have oil for their lamps. But, as we read about those who were prepared that had oil um, that they went with the groom, the groom shut the door behind them, uh him, and then they were there at the wedding ceremony. The other five were not prepared, and they didn't have oil and when they came, they called out and said, "Let us in," and of course, it was um you know the the bridegroom that said no." um and we see that judgment was pronounced on them so th- you know that that parable has been interpreted to death over the last 2000 years but what the parable is telling us and we see it in the in the last verse of the parable he says watch therefore for you know neither the day or the hour in which the son of man is coming is speaking about being prepared and the ones who were foolish you know uh he said that while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with them to the wedding, the door was shut. The other virgins came, saying, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Surely I say to you, I do not know you. That's interesting, because remember in the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus would say, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And he goes on to say that there are those who will do many works in my name, uh cast out demons in your you know in his name done many wonders in the name of jesus but i will declare to them i never knew you so that's the key that there wasn't that personal relationship so the parables talk about being prepared for the coming of the son of man it follows after jesus is saying the son of man the days are going to be like noah Uh, they're going to be like the days of lot like a thief in the night He's telling us that we're to watch, to be ready. When somebody comes along and says the church is lukewarm, I, I understand that, and there are going to be some Christians who are going to be left behind, if that's what indeed she's saying at the rapture of the church. I can't help but look at what Scripture says, and I judge everything through the Word of God, that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 it says that in the moment in the twinkling of an eye, we all shall be changed. Um so when somebody says you're not worthy enough to be raptured you're not worthy enough to be raptured what i see is all who are in Christ are going to meet him in the air um and all means all in the scriptures in a moment in twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet the the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will be raised and we shall sh- shall be changed and and so this is what he's saying that behold, I tell you, a mystery: we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. So I gotta leave it there. I gotta leave it there. That those who are Christians, the Lord knows who are His, are going to be raptured. Now, when somebody starts to give details because they claim that they got specifics from the Holy Spirit um, and they're saying things that are aren't in the Scriptures, I advise people take it and lay it aside um, because um i check everything out as john says in his epistle test the spirits to see if they are god because many false teachers have gone out in the world and there are those who claim to have revelation and you can't find it in the scripture um they'll have revelation about heaven they'll have you know she has revelation about the marriage supper of the lamb you know and all the settings you know it's it's okay if I don't see it in scriptures, I'm going to take it and lay it aside because the word of God is my final authority. And I don't know if that helps Jason.
1: Well, uh, pastor doesn't, doesn't it say in the book of Acts that, um, in the last days, he will pour his Holy spirit. And people will prophesy. And they'll still see, you know, visions yeah. of smoke, right. and, you know, things from below the earth and heaven above. And you know, th- th- aren't those things that are shown, you know, yes. In the last days. Um, yeah. And then, and then, um, I have another question too. Um, it does say uh, that in, during the tribulation period, won't there be believers that will die for for uh, for the testimony of Jesus? You know, doesn't that mean right. that there will be still people here on the earth that yeah. are that are believing Christ? Because it does say that that the Antichrist will make war with the saints, right? And he'll overcome them. So mm-hmm. doesn't that mean that asking... there will be well, a remnant of believers on the earth?
4: Yeah, and and you're asking very good questions, and we need to kind of sort it out. When on the day of Pentecost, when Peter, he begins to prophesy, and he he begins to speak from the prophet Joel. And it's interesting, when you go to the Old Testament, to the book of Joel, that Joel begins to talk about the day of the Lord. And he says that, "...it shall come to pass in the last day, says the Lord, I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams." and so he does say that so there are visions there's the gift of prophecy you know that i believe the gifts of the spirit are for today but we're still to judge those things and when somebody comes along and says okay i got specific details about you know the tableware you know all the things about the marriage supper of the lamb it's like you know I- i'm going to judge that i don't see it in the scriptures the way that we judge prophecy and the leadership of church in First Corinthians chapter fourteen is told to judge prophecy is we judge it through the word of God is what we're to do. So I believe God, you know, gives visions. You know, we can see people it's interesting that in the Middle East or in different parts where they don't have the Bible, or in Iran, there are those who are receiving visions of the Lord and they're coming to Christ as, as the gospel is given to them. So the Lord is working in that way, and I believe that He can speak in dreams. But again, it's it's all has to be judged because one of the things that that Jesus warned in the Olivet discourse repeatedly says, "Beware those who are false. Beware those who are going to deceive many with lying signs and wonders." So the way that we do have discernment is we have to check it through the Word of God and stuff. So. Personally, when I have somebody who says, you know, I got you know, uh, this vision of heaven, they start describing heaven, or they say, you know, I know the details of the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's like, okay, you know, I I don't see it in Scripture. I know that we're supposed—we're all going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I look forward to that. But I just take it and I lay it aside. As far as the Christians in the tribulation period, I believe that the Church is going to be raptured before the tribulation period. And— as the church is raptured, then as you, we move into that final seven-year period called the tribulation period, right prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, so the rapture of the church, he comes back for the church, we'll meet him in the air, we'll, we'll go, and it's interesting um, that in that parable of the ten virgins that I was speaking to you about, that the, the bridegroom came and took him Uh, took the the bridesmaids that had oil in their lamps and shut the door and I I find an interesting verse in Isaiah chapter 26 that um, I think perhaps uh, speaks of the return of the Lord that come my people enter your chambers and shut the doors behind you hide yourself as it were for a little moment until the indignation has passed for behold, the Lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for her iniquity. And scholars say that that's a reference to the Assyrians coming and taking the ten northern tribes away. And, 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 uh, and I understand that. But here it says that to punish the inhabitants of the earth for her, their iniquity. So speaking about punishing the inhabitants of the earth, not just the house of Israel. And so I believe that the Lord will take us shut the doors. We'll be with him. We'll be hidden with him until he comes back, the second coming. But in that tribulation period, there's going to be the 144,000 Jews. Um, There are going to be evangelists, Revelation chapter 7. uh, They're going to be evangelizing the world. And we know that in chapter 7 that there's going to be those who are believers called the tribulation saints out of every tribe, tongues, people, and nation. And I don't believe that that is the church, but it is the tribulation saints that are come to believe in the tribulation period. And one of the reasons that I I think that it's not the church because what we look at and read is that as as John sees that those who are in white robes, um, those who cry out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and the Lamb. And so he is asked, who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? That's one of the elders asking John, and John said, I don't know. Sir, you know. If it was the church, John, who's the elder statesman of the church, he would have known it was the church. So there's going to be tribulation believers, tribulation saints, that the Antichrist, Revelation chapter Uh, 13 tells us he's going to make war with them. He's going to persecute them very heavily. We also know that there's the two witnesses in Jerusalem um, in Revelation chapter 11, and there's also an angel that's going to make a proclamation in Revelation chapter 14 that's going to fly across the whole earth giving the everlasting gospel. So there will be believers who've come to Christ in a tribulation period, but they're going to be heavily, heavily persecuted. Did that well, help it's, out. It's gonna
1: it's gonna be a lot harder to to uh, to yeah. be saved once once the church is gone, right? You're gonna have to basically die yeah. for your faith, right?
4: Yeah. And Jason, you're making a very important point because some I had one person I remember told me they said, "Well, I'll see if this rapture thing happens. You know, if it happens, then I'll give my life to the Lord." Well, if you can't give your life to the Lord now, how much harder it's going to be then? when it's really going to be hard and persecution comes. But there will be those who will come to believe. But they, the Antichrist, when he goes into the rebuilt temple to proclaim himself as God, to be worshipped as God, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, he's going to then turn and tell the world to worship him. You won't be able to buy or sell unless you take the mark of the beast, and he will persecute anyone who does not give their allegiance to him, because he's directly influenced and empowered by Satan. And what's one thing, Jason, that Satan has always wanted? He's wanted to be worshipped. And so he will destroy the false church. He will stand up and he will say, I am God to be worshipped as God, as he sets up that image in the rebuilt temple. And he's going to command the world to worship him. And so the tribulation saints, as well as the Jews, that will reject him at that time, Revelation chapter 12, that they will flee to the rock city of Petra, to the wilderness. And then we know that at the end of the tribulation period, there's going to be a national restoration uh, for Israel. As Paul says in that day, all of Israel will be saved. So I just kind of threw the whole, you know, a lot of stuff at you um, that is going to take place. But that's what the Bible declares in the end time scenario and prophecy that is going to take place in the tribulation period.
1: Well, I appreciate the pastor. You know, um, you made some really, really good points, and um, I, I don't think I'm 100% still, you know, um, uh, convinced that I can dismiss what I'm reading just yet because um, a lot of it speaks true to everything that I know. But I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to be more careful as I move forward and and um, you know compare things to the to the way yeah. that you you brought out.
4: Yeah, and Jason, do make sure that you test things. You know, um, and we're to do that and um, test it through the Word of God. And um, and as you do, the Lord's going to give you wisdom and he's going to give you discernment. So, Father, I just pray for Jason that as he's reading these things, that, Lord, um, that we test everything through the Word of God. And, Lord, that you give him wisdom and discernment. And, Lord, that you would grow him in your truth and in your Word, in Jesus' name. Hey, Jason, I appreciate you calling.
1: I appreciate you, Pastor.
4: All right. I believe we got all open lines. Whoa, we've been busy today, but that's good. Um, if you want to give a quick call, 303-690-3000, but I know that there's been some text questions and things that have uh, come in, and uh, one of the uh, the questions that came in in the beginning of the show is, are natural talents from God or the same as spiritual gifts? And that was a question that uh, we touched on yesterday in our teaching, and there is a difference between spiritual gifts and natural talents. Natural talents are those who, um, you know, are born with a natural talent. Maybe we'll say that that person has a natural talent in art, in music, with their voice, a beautiful voice, in sports, um, creative writing. Uh, we know that, uh, that uh, natural talents are given oftentimes and develop at birth, and we can say, and I believe they do come from God, um, but spiritual gifts are only for the Christian who is born again. Um, spiritual gifts given at, uh, for a believer, and we read about the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, Romans chapter 12, First Peter writes about spiritual gifts, but we know that they are given, and he works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills. So we have the different gifts that only the Christian gets—the spiritual gifts given by the Holy Spirit—as we are members of the Body of Christ. And and I think it's important that um, um, that uh, we um, that we you know really think about Lord, how have you gifted me And a good understanding and teaching of the spiritual gifts given to us, because. He desires to give those spiritual gifts to every single Christian to be used in the body of Christ. And I love Paul's analogy there in the First Corinthians when he talks about the body has different members, and they all have a function. And just as their physical bodies have an eye, a nose, a mouth, ears, it all comes together as one. Um, we need, you know, uh, feet. Arms, the heart, the, the all the different members that come together to work, and same in the body of Christ that we are, all have different members, and there are diversities of, of activity. There's differences of ministries, but the same Lord, diversities of activity, but the same God who works in all. And so you may have the gift of teaching, but you're going to be teaching children. You got a gift to teach um, the you know youth um th- you may have uh different gifts and service uh that is serving in practical ways maybe just helping in carpentry or in other areas so it's so wonderful to be used of the lord um to just let him gift us and he wants to gift you and you know, those spiritual gifts and he desires to use you and and i encourage you it's a good lesson and, and a good thing to pray about. Lord, show me spiritual gifts that you have given to me. So there is a difference between natural talents, and there is also a difference um, between spiritual gifts given to the believer at the time that um, you know we are believers and the Holy Spirit dwells in our hearts, and um, they're for us to be used of the Lord. So uh, I want to end the show by this because we're going to end in just a couple minutes God wants to use you. Do you know that? He wants to use you in the day in which we are in. Uh, one of the things that um, that, um, that uh, we uh, have been doing, we've been so doing so much with memorial services and outreaches here, and see the body of Christ come together and working together has blessed me and encouraged me so much. So he wants to use you. Uh, we're coming to the end of the show. I'm sorry we didn't get to everybody. Um, so, um, you know, Teresa, if we can call back, uh, she was wanting to know how long do we wait on the Lord before making our own decisions. I think that waiting on the Lord is hard, but you wait and He will guide you, He will direct you, um, and you just keep putting it before the Lord, and the Lord somehow, as we wait on him, as we go to him, Isaiah chapter thirty says that he will be a voice behind you, saying, this is the way walk in it. Go to the left and go to the right. And I believe that He will do that for you, Teresa. And I'm sorry uh, we didn't quite have a chance to have that conversation. But give a call tomorrow. Be back tomorrow at the same time on Calvary Life. Thank you, everybody who called. We had a great show today, great conversations. Appreciate all of you. Hey, stay focused on the Lord. Keep reading the Word, and looking forward to talking to you next time. God bless you.